Good morning. Uh, yes, it is still good morning. How are you doing? My name is uh, Dickie McIndy. Pastor is on assignment in one of our parishes because we are blessed with lots of parishes. So he's visiting one of those parishes in GTA area. Um, let us continue to pray for him that what he has gone to do, he will accomplish it by the power in the blood of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Shall we open our Bible to Revelation chapter 2? Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. I want us to actually open it and I want us to read it together. It's just four, five, six, just three verses. And if we then come to the church with the Bible, I think the screen will help us to do that. And one, two, go. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Five. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art alone, and pray and repent. Do the first works, or else quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. As the, the technical agreement the now verses, but this thou, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. That is God telling us that he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That's not what we are going today. Father, thank you for your word this morning. As we go into your scriptures, only you can open our hearts. And we ask, open our hearts, O Lord, in Jesus' name. That thing that you want us to take from this word today, give it to us, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Before I give you the title of my message today, I want to do a definition of a word that you and I are aware. And that word is struggle. That word is what? Yes. I know when I mention struggle, you all have been defining different ways. But I want to go to the one I write down from the Mr. Google Dictionary. Struggle definitely says to experience difficulty and make a very great effort in order to do something. Make what? A great effort in order, in order to do something. Second definition, to move somewhere with great effort. See, great effort re re repeating itself. The third one is to be in danger of. Then I move forward from struggle to struggling, which is the adjective of struggle. And when we want to define struggling, it means by the same definition which you and I are private to because we have dictionaries. It says striving to achieve or attain something in the face of difficulty or resistance. Striving. We all know the definition of striving. I mean, we are struggling, striving. It's not a pleasant situation to strive to do something. In the face of difficulty, 
striving in the face of difficulty. That's double whammy. The guy is making effort uphill and is facing what? Difficulty or a resistance. Based on that definition, the struggling, I will now tell us the title of my short message. And uh, it's kind of like a question. You are the only one that can answer that question for yourself. You cannot answer it for me. I will be able to answer mine. And the title is A Struggling Christian. Are you a struggling Christian? Are you? That is, are you a struggling Christian? So based on the definitions that have provided us, there are so many ways we can define a struggling Christian. I started by defining struggle, then to struggling, now a struggling Christian. Who is a struggling Christian? But my own calculation, you know, this is for me. I didn't get it from the dictionary. You can critique, you can digress, you may disagree at the same time. But my point, what I come to define a struggling Christian is someone that is unable to pray or always tired of praying. You remember a prayerless Christian is what? A powerless Christian. Someone unable to pray, always tired of praying, or going to assemble with saints become a constant challenge. You know what I mean by that? Going to church becomes what? Constant challenge. The transportation department of the church will keep on calling you. Yes, I'll be downstairs. You know, I have this movie to finish. Oh, I have something on the stove. I have movie to watch. So it becomes constant challenge for you to go and fellowship with the saints. Reading a Bible, excuse galore. That is another struggling Christian. Reading your Bible, not even talking about studying the Bible. Just pick it up and read. Maybe God will minister unto you. Becomes a challenge. Because... A struggling Christian will come up with a lot of excuses like, you know, I am tired, I'm busy, you know, I've just done 16 hours. If you just finish 16 hours of work and your supervisor says, we have four more hours, triple time, you will certainly wait for that. But to just sit down and commune with God and read his word, it becomes a challenge. That is an example of a struggling Christian. And I take it further. Another Example I gave is someone that doubt his faith. The faith in Jesus Christ, you become to doubt it. You know, when you find yourself in some areas, you just duck. You don't want them to know that you are what? A Christian. That is someone that is struggling. You doubt it in and out. When you see pastor, everybody, yeah, let's praise the Lord together. But when they are not there, it's difficult for you. That child of God is struggling in his faith. Faith, or is the person occasional liars or comfortably lying all the time? That is another example of a, a struggling Christian. A constant compromising your faith. You know, wherever you find yourself, you join the bandwagon. Whatever they are doing that is not Christ-like, you are in. As long as Brother Ed. Or Sister Mary is not there to see you, to report you to the pastor. Or maybe it's, uh, Brother Solomon is not there to see you. 
you are bad part of the, the group. In which case, you will not even be proud not to talk of your pastor, not to talk of the, the Lord that you serve. That is an example of a struggling Christian. The line between Christian standard and the world standard, you blurred it. There is no separation. You, we don't know whether you, your standard is Christian-like or your standard is the world standard. You keep on rationalizing sinful situations. Anytime there is a sin committed, you quote the law of the land. But the Constitution says, the thing says, yes, I have human rights. I am free. I am I'm not, you constantly rationalize any sinful behavior that you do. That's another example of someone that is strong, struggling in the faith. You know the line I'm talking about, you know, I'm more and more, I'm just going to leave it right there. I'm not going to be able to finish all the examples of those that are Christians that are really, really struggling. So hear me well. Struggling may lead to backsliding. Backsliding doesn't happen that day and night, you know. You, you, you agree with me. It's just gradual. When you come to church every Sunday, you have attended all the programs, weekly programs, every Sunday, Monday, every, you are there. Gradually, you are taking off one to do something else that is worldly. You're taking it the second one. It may take period of years, months, backsliding gradually. That is not what I'm really going to. I'm going to someone that still profess I'm a Christian, but inside of him, he's struggling. And I cannot answer the question for you. You can't answer that question for me. If I'm struggling, I will know to even lift up the faith. Then the question now arises, why do people struggle? Why do we struggle? What are the reasons why people struggle. Number one, I'm only going to give us two reasons from me. There are many, many more reasons because of our time. I hope I can get through the two reasons. The first reason is when a Christian refuses to oil his lamp or her lamp. You know, when you're struggling, that means the oil is what? Dwindling. And the shining light is kind of blurry. When you refuse to increase the oil in the lamp, that means the person begins to doubt. The person begins to rationalize every worldly account. The person begins to say, ah, mm, let me think again. I know Jesus died. This is what I've heard. Jesus died. But actually, I don't think whether he did rise up. You know, that's someone that said, I believe Jesus Christ. And over the years, he started changing his views to marry with the worldly views. That person is still struggling. May God help us in Jesus' name. When a Christian refuses to oil his lamb, that person becomes too comfortable, com content. You know, I'm okay, you know, whatever. I can pay my bills every year, every month. No problem. You become contented. Not as the Bible tells us, contentment is a great game. This is a different one. Your contentment is now liaise with the social standard, with the materialistic standard of the world. That is their contentment I'm talking about. I've had it all. I want 65-inch TV, 4K, 5K, 7K. I got it. And I got to use it. 
I got to watch the match madness. I got to watch baseball. May God help us in Jesus' name. When you do that, you are not oiling your lamp. Your lamp will keep on dwindling. That will not be our portions in Jesus' name. Sometimes we Christians settle for mediocrity. You know, because Bible promises of we shall have all things belong to us. But once we have a little thing, we are what? Just settle. We think that's the end of the war. But when the problem now strikes, then we started running. Where is the pastor? Pastor, you didn't pray for me. I call you, your number. What happened? Did you disconnect your number? Panic sets in. Someone that panics like that is a struggling Christian. Praise the Lord. You are struggling Christian. If you see yourself matching, yes, you are matching, but there is no progress. What are you doing? You are marching on one stand, one spot. When you keep on marching on one spot, you are not moving forward, but you become tired. That is an example of someone that refuses to oil his or uh, lamp. God will give us understanding in Jesus' name. Clearly, someone like that cannot progress. It's just one place. It will be there, marching, and expecting what? Progress. Expecting fruit, expecting things to change, expecting that if I pray two, two minutes prayer, I will see results. Results are not forthcoming. That is an example of a struggling Christian. Let's be reminded in Matthew chapter 25. I want us to be reminded again. Matthew chapter 25, we know verses 1 to 3. Matthew 25, just to remind us. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto how many virgins? Ten. That means maybe the whole world, which took their lambs and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and the five were what? Foolish. So that's a distinction there. And five were what? Foolish. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lambs and took what? No oil. So that means if you are a struggling Christian, I'm not saying any of us is, but just for us to be aware, that person is foolish. It's a simple analogy right there. You don't oil your lamp, how can you be a light unto the world? That oil must keep on replenishing it so that you keep on having enough strength. You keep on seeing visions. You keep on doing greater things that he has promised you. But you can't continue to claim his promises when you don't oil your lamp. The door will be shut on someone like that. We will not be in that situation in the mighty name of Jesus. So it's an act of foolishness when we don't get our lamps ready. What are the functions of a lamp? To see, to navigate, so that there is, black, there is darkness. The lamp was supposed to shine. But when you can't see, where will you go? You just become, you will be moving around in circle and circle on one spot. I know where to go. We should know what we need to get our lamp burning. We know we need the oil. You can't put water in a lamp and expect it to burn. Hello? Is it possible? That is foolishness. You can't just say, okay, yeah, I have no, I'm just going to pee into the, yeah, yeah, 
I will do anything possible. Go to the stream. The pressure, that is foolishness. We know what makes the lamp to burn is what? The oil. It is the word of God that makes you to grow. If you shun the word of God, refusing to read the Bible, struggle comes into play. Struggling comes into play. We will not be foolish in the mighty name of Jesus. May God help us in Jesus' name. The second aspect after refusing to oil our lamp, the second thing has come up with self-examinations or self-inspections. How many times have you withdraw and say, how far have I gone? What am I doing? Am I okay? What is going on with me? You know, every little time that you have, you have to self-examine yourself. You have to inspect yourself and see whether you are in the faith. What is our ultimate goal is to get to where? To get to heaven. And now you are on the way to heaven. It's like you are running a marathon. And you say, okay, you're checking your time. That person is never going to get there. If you are busy checking time to get to the end of the race. The only way to get to the end is to be focused, like laser. Is to be what? To be focused. It's always good to constantly examine ourselves. I'm not saying only Sundays. I mean, constantly, constantly examine ourselves. Because if we forget to do that, we are tethering in the borderline of foolishness. And we are telling the borderline of uh, a Christian that is struggling to hope, to hold on to the faith. May God help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Because sometimes some repetitive actions, like even coming to church every Sunday, you make sure you come to church when pastors stand in a place to see you, thinking that it is pastor that is going to mark your, your register in heaven. No. You can cajole him. That is fine. It's awesome. He saw you. Glory be to God. You are part of the number. Glory be to God. But would that get you to the ultimate destination? I don't think so. Look at what Psalm 90 verse 12 tells us. Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12. This is one of the wisdom that we need to appropriate ourselves. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto the opposite of foolishness is wisdom, you know. So, if you want to be wise, you need to do things according to the scriptures. You need to replenish your oil. You need to constantly re-examine yourself. Physically, body, mind, and soul. Even in the world, they examine themselves. You go to the doctor every year or every... I think they change to 18 months now. You check yourself out. The older you become, the more you go to see the doctor. Praise the Lord. How shall we continue to be ignorant of the presence of the living God by refusing to even accept him? We just accept him on our lips. We just say, ah, because they want to hear. It's like they are forcing you to do things you are doing. It is for your own good, but it looks like every time people are forcing you to do that. May God help us in Jesus' name. Constantly we are in sins and we know what Romans 6.1 tells us. Romans 6.1 tells us something very, very peculiar. It's a question that he asks. What shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? After that, we all know the regular answer to that. God forbid, but I'm not going there. Shall we do that? Shall we not? May God help us in Jesus' name. So people continue in sin and don't even know it. That is the most dangerous part of it. They continue in sin because they've done it over and over and they never have a clue that this is clearly a sin. Someone that is having that mindset is still struggling. May God open our eyes in the mighty name of Jesus. Even in Psalm 51 verse 7. Psalm 51 verse 7. It says, Porch me with Esau and I shall be what? Clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So, if you know you are dirty, you will want him to do what? Wash you. Who can wash if not only the blood of Jesus? Nobody else. Nothing else. No pastor can wash you. No geo can wash you. Geo may intercede for your behalf. Pastor may intercede. Friends may intercede. Prayer partner may intercede. But it is only the blood of Jesus that can wash us clean. But you have to examine yourself and say, oh, Hello, I got some dirt in myself. I got to wash it up. Oh, I got something in my pocket. I got to take it out. If I show up there, oh man, I'm stinking. I'm not saying stinking, you know what I mean. You, 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 you get it. I'm not up to the power to be called a Christian. If you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have that knowledge, the person is still struggling. And someone that is struggling, I don't see the road to heaven. I may be wrong. I'm not the one that opened the gate, too. So <laughs> let us be aware. I'm not the one that opens, but it is our joy for everyone to be in heaven and for us to be able to see these are the areas I have shortcomings. These are the areas I have shortcomings. It is absolutely necessary to be purged, like I said, of the dirt. You may not see the death that I'm hiding. It may be under my shirt. Things that I do that you are not there. Those are the hidden sins, secret sins. Little, little one of them. It could be at my place of work. When everybody is gone, I'll take a bag of milk, take it home. I didn't buy it. When everybody is gone, I'll get a pack of pen. It's free. After all, they collect my taxes. They didn't, they didn't increase my salary for three years. Little, little things. We do it over and over. It becomes what? Part of us. We shun to, the, to study the Bible. That is another sin. So this works of faith, I say here, is very important. It is our ticket to heaven. There is no other way. Nobody can carry you. You cannot, what is that? Beam me up, spark. Is it um, yeah, be scary, beat me up, ain't gonna happen to heaven. It is a marathon, you know. Beat me up in the, in that movie, it's just like instant, boom, it's gone. Movie, movie magic. It's nothing like that in Christendom. It's not even a sprint that Usain both run in ten seconds and everybody shout. It is a race that you think, when is this gonna end? I'll tell you when it's going to end, when Jesus appears. 
when it is your time to go and visit him. That is only time. Do you know the time? No. You can say you can calculate figures and histories and put everything together. You can do that, but Jesus said, and that's what I hold on to, say, nobody knows, but only who? The Father. It's only the Father that knows it. And that is why Philippians 2.12 advised you and I. Philippians 2.12 advised you and I to do what? If you have it, Philippians 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. You remember that? Not because I'm here. Then you want to cajole me. You want to behave. You want to sing louder. You want to show that you can sing. Not in my presence, but only much more in what? In my absence. When I'm not there to chastise you, you're on your own. You should be able to do it. You have the wherewithal. You have the knowledge. You know you're going to heaven. You know it's better than what we have now. Work out your own salvation. Say, it didn't say work out your salvation. Your own salvation with fear. So when you go there where nobody sees, watch out for those little sins that it doesn't matter. They won't see it. It doesn't even affect the company that we are stealing from. May God help us in Jesus' name. So our Christian life, how have we been living it up to this moment? Up to today that I'm talking to us, even if you are watching on Facebook, wherever, up to this moment, how have you been living your Christian life? I'm not saying, how have you been living your life? Two different things. You can be alive and not be a Christian. How have you been living that Christian life? We have to be critical of ourselves. You have to ask yourself, am I getting rusty? What's going on with me? Or you can even ask yourself, does it need WD-40, you know, when something is squeaky? Brother Ed, help me out here. When something is not smooth as supposed to be, you got to apply some things to make it smooth, to make it work. If you know you are not rusty, if you can't determine whether you are rustic or not, that's the problem. Do we need a renovation job? You know, you want to sell a house, do you need to spice it up? If we do, how much of the job that you will need to repair? What damage you have done to your Christian life? If you can't assess it, it's impossible to fix it. Am I lying? If you cannot assess and know, it's impossible to fix it. You can't fix that. May God help us in Jesus' name. So when you do that self-examination, self-inspection, voila, check this out. Before you buy a house, you send an inspection in. Before you pay, they say, oh, yeah, you got to change your roof. You got to change the tires. Oh, the foundation is messed up. Then, uh uh-uh, I ain't paying that much. I'm taking 50000 out of the price. Because you want the real worth of your money. You don't want things to be cajoled into your lap. Then it becomes a problem. Remember what I said, oil your lamp and self-examination. That may take you out of that. What are the consequences? I'm just going to list about four examples. Four examples of consequences of someone that is struggling in the faith. Someone that is what? Struggling in the faith. If someone is struggling in the faith, clear cut. 
backsliding is at the door. It's already backsliding right there. Two, you have conflict within yourself. There is constant con conflict because the Holy Spirit will be attacking you, will be arresting you, will be convicting you all the time. There will be conflict in that individual. There will be overall lack of progress for that individual. You may be progressing at your place of work, but I'm talking about overall progress will be lacking in that individual's life. And that person, the ministry that is com I mean, committed to that person's hand, will be suffering. The person will not be able to just reach the potential that God has really prepared him or her for. He may be a, a singer or a choir master, and he's, he won't come for practice. He won't show up. He just eh, forget about you. I got work to do. Begging, begging, begging. Oh, you are good in technical. Why don't you join technical? Oh, my God, pastor, you know, excuse unlimited. The ministry that God has really prepared for you is suffering. And that is the work of God that you're supposed to be a pioneer of. And you're letting it lounge, lagging. May God help us in Jesus' name. When I mention this for then how do we correct it? How do you correct it? How do I correct it? Uh, it's very easy, but it's easier if you follow through. I'm just going to give it to us straight and short. How to correct it? I said, appraise and reno. Okay? Appraise. I, I use the property analogy. You know, you appraise your, build, your building. If you go for private uh, selling, you sell it. If it's not, you do what? You renovate. Appraise and renovate. So that means you have to appraise your life. You have to self-determine yourself. You have to look at yourself intently. You can only deceive others, brethren. It's quite awesome. People are experts in deceiving others. Even there, is a, there are some videos that say, fake it until you make it. People are trained to fake. You can do that. You can do that successfully. But for a Christian life, how is that possible? How can that person come to church, lift my holy hands, God help me? He has conflict already. He cannot do that. Fake it until you make it. That is the standard of the world. That is not what the scripture tells us. So individual, let's examine ourselves. When I say examine, I want us to find out it's a marathon. Where am I? Which mile am I? I know I'm going an unlimited mileage, unlimited kilometer. Am I kilometer one? Or am I kilometer 50? Or am I at kilometer 1,000? When did you join the faith? When did you say, ah, take my life, let it be Jesus? And you are still at kilometer one in the marathon race. So appraise yourself. If you can see yourself midway, or yeah, oh, I've advanced. Sure, I don't know which kilometer I am. Guess what? I can do this. I can pray three hours. I used to play one, I pray one hour. Now, five hours, six hours. Oh, I can sing before. You have to see some improvement in yourself. Now, when you are praised and you see 
okay, I want $1 million. And you go up and say, uh-oh, this guy was projecting more than what he was. It was just a word of what? Mouth. Inside, it was pennies. In the spirit realm, it was nothing. But to everybody that sits in the high chair that comes to the church, wow, brother, Dickin, oh, he may have titles in the church. He will have titles in the church. But when you are praised, that is when those dirts comes out. That is when those cracks comes out. That is when they found problem with the foundation. That is when they found problem with so many things that you are hidden in the attic. May God help us in Jesus' name. If someone that is struggling will be praying for Jesus not to come now because I still want to enjoy some more. That is someone that is struggling. If you are a Christian, you say, Jesus, now take me. If you cannot say, I'm ready to go anytime, moment M, you are struggling, my brethren. You must be ready at what? Anytime. Because he told us, that time, I don't know. Only Father knows. And he does at his will. He can decide to come now. He can decide to postpone. And we've been expecting. Just be expectant. If you're expecting, what do you do? You take care of every nook and corners. Be upright. So that is what I mean by appraising. When you appraise it, then you know your worth. Because it's a third party that comes to your house and says, okay, okay. And you remember when we were doing this building, it was bad, the way we found it. But look at the work of men and God on our side. It's transformed. Because Revelation 3.11 tells us, Revelation 3.11 tells us, if you don't know that one, you need to be aware of that. Revelation 3.11 says, behold, what did he say? I come quickly. He said that long, long time ago. If you want to use your own calendar, your schedule, your timeline, ain't going to work. It is quick. It's a thousand years like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. I told him, he can do and undo. I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. What did you have? Do you have anything? Do you have the word of God in you? In you? Do you have the ability to pray? Do you have the spirit of the Lord in you? He said, hold it. Hold that that you have. Hold it very well. That no man take thy crown. So that means we have what? Crown. Waiting for us. But it's only those that hold it. What they believe. Not the one that is still struggling. So oh, I don't even know why Jesus exists. Oh, let me go research the history. Then I can come back, Pastor. Oh, tight. What do you mean by tight? It's just a way to get some people money. May God help you and I in Jesus' name. No one knows the time. Only Father. That is what he tells us in Matthew 24, verse 36. Only the Father, Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day that we're going to walk into that, Matthew 24, 36 says, But of that day and hour, know it what? No man. You are. I'm a man. You're a man. No not the angels of heaven. See? Those angels that will be attending to us in heaven, not even them, but who? My Father only. 
So everything you do, you must do it to please the Father. Everything you do, you must do it to please the Father. And God will give us the grace in Jesus' name. So brethren, I will encourage you, I'm going to encourage myself to continually appraise ourselves. Have you overvalued yourself? So people can see and give you title. Have you presented yourself in a flamboyant way so that people can say, yes, put him on the high chair. Let him sit there. He's been working hard in the ministry. But when the external inspector comes and look at it, oh, look at the foundation. Look at the shoes. He's cracked. He's hiding something in his pocket. He's so dirt. It is only you that knows what you are hiding. May God help us in Jesus' name. I said it is devastating to deceive yourself. It is devastating. It's so bad to deceive oneself. You can deceive me. I can deceive you. But to deceive yourself is very, very bad. And individual that is deceiving others, we know clearly it's a deception. No, you don't have to, they don't have to do research to figure that out. You will know that, wow, I'm tethering on deception. This is unchrist-like. I should not be doing it as a born again. I should not be doing it. That is self-examination. That's reaching down into your soul and spirit and say, uh-uh, I need to change. Appraise yourself and change. In Jesus' name. I even say we can even cajole our wives. We can cajole our parents. We can cajole anybody possible. But that individual, it is very devastating if he could cajole himself. The person is going to hell. May God help us in Jesus' name. May God help us in Jesus' name. It is important also to critically appraise yourself so that you'll be truthful to yourself. I'm not saying we should be truthful to the brethren. No, it's okay to be in one accord. You have to be open. But first and foremost, if you can't be truthful to yourself, how can you be truthful to others? How can I trust you? If you can't be truthful to yourself, you are even lying to yourself. Yeah, yes, yeah, I know what to do. You know, it's all about money. It's all about business, you know. Once I get it, you calculate it forward, you calculate it backward, left and right. No remorse to hurt somebody else. No remorse. In, in mental we call some people like that um, personality disorders. No, no nurse want to work with anyone that is diagnosed with personality disorder because they can hurt you in a twinkle of an eye and they have no remorse. They can punch, they can kick, they can kill, and they don't have any remorse. So very challenging, manipulative is their uh, first name and the last name. <laughs> may God help us in Jesus' name. I say, may God help us in Jesus' name. So brethren, when you want to renovate, once you appraise yourself, when you want to renovate, there are some things that are sentimental values to you. They are just sentimental. I want to keep this. Oh, there are some things that are clearly belongs to Barry Dumping Ground. You have to take those things out or else that house, you, myself, is unpresentable to the Lord. You have to take those things out. Take them out. 
surgical remover so that they don't come back. That's what tell us in 2 Timothy 2.21. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepare unto every good work. Sanctified. God is not going to sanctify something that is very, very unclean, very, very bad, you know, filthy. There is no sanctification there. You have to let the blood of Jesus wash us clear. And that will be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will wash us clean. Because some things are inside of us that we are not even aware. They are not supposed to be there. Because we thought about it, they are sentimental value. We want to keep them. See? That's the analogy I can give. We want to keep them because this is worth nothing. But we are holding on to immaterial things instead of holding on to the king of glory. God will be with us in the mighty name of Jesus. John 15, 2 should be the cry of every believer. John chapter 15, verse 2 should be your cry, my cry. After all said and done, John 15, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, do what? Take it away. When we get to that realization, brethren, it is a crossroad that we need to cross. See, take it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, it does what? Purge it, you know. I don't know whether you've had constipation before and you purge yourself. It's uncomfortable. Purging is uncomfortable to the flesh. So when you tell him, so it bears fruit, then you still have to nip me. Click, I mean, cut a part of me off. That means there are things that I still have. Though I'm bearing fruit, I am good. But there are certain things that I need to clip off for me to be more buoyant and more productive. A project that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Isn't that what you want? You want to bring forth more fruit. That's what I want. And that will be our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Because brethren, renovation is important. Renovation is important because the road to heaven ain't wide. It is not wide. I didn't say that. Matthew 7, 14 says it. The road to heaven is very, very what? Yeah. We say, yeah, I've been to uh, that place. They do narrow paths. I can squeeze myself. No, you can't squeeze in. You cannot squeeze in. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leaded unto life, and few there be that find it. Are you part of the few that find it? To find it, to remain is the most important thing. To remain in the way is the most important thing. You can say, oh, that's the way. Ah, what's the way? The Bible. I ain't reading the Bible. Then how are you going to get there? May God help us to find the road in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the-